CFL taking center stage. Tiger Cats meeting the Alouettes in a key East Division showdown at Tim Hortons Field on what is a wonderful evening here in Southern Ontario. You're listening to Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks. Tackle all your outdoor chores with Greenworks tools. Greenworks is your go-to source for battery-powered outdoor equipment. Visit greenworkstools.com to learn more. Well, it's time for his pregame salutations. Pleased to bring in longtime Tiger Cats coach and analyst John Salavanis. And John, great to see you here. Great to be live with you in a home game. Let's throw you a question here. Um, with the Argonauts going down at least a quarterback, I think that there's a situation that both teams are going to be, not that they weren't really looking forward to this game. The hunger for first place is on, let me say that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and this is a big game. You know, it's important that the, that the Cats get a leg up now. They've lost the first round with Montreal. Now you've got to even that up so that when it comes playoff time, you've got a chance uh, to be in the first place or second place uh, at the worst. I expect this to be kind of a tough, gritty matchup. Do, do you feel the same? I mean, Hamilton and Montreal, uh, four out of the last five games have been seven points or less. Six out of the last eight games have gone down to the final three minutes. Montreal's won four out of the last five. Uh, but this, this team, it always seems to be... Um, like special teams becomes a factor, turnover. I mean, it, do you think it's going to be a gritty matchup tonight? I think so. And, and you mentioned the, the fact that uh, turnovers and uh, uh, kick returns. Remember, Chanley Worthy uh, got a punt return in the, the first ball game uh, against Montreal. And uh, they also, uh, he, he was instrumental in, in kickoff returns, averaging 19 yards and 17 yards on punt return. So special teams will play. And turnovers. You and I agree always on turnovers. You can't turn the ball over consistently and win football games. So. Well, the uh, Montreal Alouettes had that punt return touchdown in week three against Hamilton that you mentioned, and they also had a, a pick six, an interception return for a touchdown, uh, 71 yards by uh, Wesley Sutton. Uh, crazy stat for all our listeners, through week eight, there has been 20, 20, ter 20 defensive or kick, uh, kick return touchdowns in, through week eight in the CFL, which is up 33% over um, eight weeks of 2022. So a lot of uh, defense and special teams touchdowns happening this season. Yeah, and, and always one-third of your season or games are, are a part uh, of special teams. So you got offense, defense, and special teams. And we often overlook what special teams can or cannot do. Now, the, the Tiger Cats have perennially been a good special teams group the problem this year has been their penalties they've been penalized too many times uh, on big plays so let's hope tonight that they clean that up and and uh, we win the special teams effort well another aspect that you mentioned the defense Hamilton coming off their best defensive performance of the season zero touchdowns against only the four field goals allowed in a, in a grim, grimy game in Ottawa um, you look at Montreal's defense Probably the strength of their team, 
they they had zero touchdowns allowed last week as well, and they've actually had zero touchdowns allowed three times this season, including the first game in Hamilton uh, against Hamilton. For a team that only has gotten ten sacks uh, registered, how do you how can you wouldn't, wouldn't you think they'd have more sacks if they're having a, a, a zero touchdowns against three times out of seven games? You're talking about whether or not the Hamilton defensive line can get after it tonight. It, that, that's basically what it's going to come down yeah. to. Yeah, well, I, I was talking about Montreal, but that was going to be my follow-up there. Yeah, yeah that, so. that's the follow-up that's important, is that that defensive line for Hamilton take advantage of the weakness in the Montreal offense, which is their offensive line. Now, I hate to say that, but that's where I see the weakness. The quarterback for Jardo has been sacked 27 times already this season, the most sacked quarterback in the league. That's, now, he likes to stat. go downfield with the football. <laughs> he, he throws vertical yeah. passes. Much because uh, his coordinator, uh, AC, and his head coach were both those kinds of players. They mm. love to go downfield. So you've got to pressure him, and at the same time, he's a two-way player. He can beat you with his legs, so you've got to be able to contain him in that area. So not to get off your question, but to bring it back to the fact that if you're going to win tonight, the defense has to play like they did uh, against Ottawa last week, where 15 possessions and no touchdowns given up by the the, uh, Hamilton defense, that's outstanding. Just uh, just a quick one on that D-line there. Like... Malik Carney has five sacks. I mean, uh, he's been outstanding. But they, Mark Washington has been rotating like seven, eight, nine guys sometimes per game at that. I mean, this is a good team defensive line, not just one individual star. You're absolutely right. And they have to play like a team uh, in order to stop stand back uh, in the run game. And at the same time, be able to put pressure on the quarterback, keep him contained in the pocket, etc. But I like the way the coordinator uses all of his players. He keeps them fresh. He keeps them in the ball game all of the time. And, and as long as they can continue to rotate those players and not drop off, that's that's good for the Hamilton defense. Well, that defense has been, you know, fairly healthy so far this season. I know the team in general has a lot of injuries, but. Defensively, you got Mason Bennett is one guy who played a bit this year. Uh, Of course, Dylan Wynn. We hope for his return soon, which would be a big addition. But uh, it bodes well that they're coming off that that big performance and uh, and trying to get after Cody Fajardo. You you mentioned the 27 sacks already this season. We looked we looked this up since 2019. Cody Fajardo has been sacked 154 times. And who's his coach or quarterback coordinator, Ben? <laughs> Jason Moss in all of those sacks. Yeah, that, that's a that's a crazy stat. I mean, second since 2009 is Mikhail Bletho-Thompson at 94. That's, that's you know, crazy. That's over 50% more than <laughs> him. And third is Vernon Adams at 82. So he's almost double uh, the amount of, of uh, third place out of any quarterback in this league. And he's a mobile guy. Yeah, it's hard It's, but it's it hard back, to fathom. It goes back to the idea, if you're going to go downfield with a football, what's the first thing you have to have? You have to have protection. And in order to get that protection, go to max protection. Bring in your slot back. Put a fullback in the ball game. Give him time for the receiver to make his double move downfield. And if you don't do that, 
then one of those defensive linemen we're talking about is going to get to him. Well, you and I were talking about possibly some max protection for the Ticat side, and, and a couple guys we need to bring back in are Tim White and James Butler. Tim White started the season the first three games, 16 catches, 258 yards. Since then, in four games, only seven catches for 124 yards. Uh, pretty non-existent there for a, for a league all-star last year. And James Butler in the last two games, 14 carries, 26 yards. That's a 1.9 average. Uh, how do you get these guys back involved? Because they can be such huge pieces of this offense. Well, we're talking about vertical pass game. Remember this, that in the 23 receptions that White has, four of those were over 30-plus yards. So he, he can get up the field. And they've got to get these guys involved. And the way you get Butler involved, of course, is the run game. You've got to be able to establish yourself on the ground. Noel Thorpe's defense is predicated on blitz. He will blitz you from the secondary. He will blitz you from the linebackers. He will stunt the defensive line. He'll do anything he can to disrupt it. So you've got to go with some protection schemes that are going to take away uh, his uh, scheme on defense. Folks, at every home game, we have a contest during Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks. Our partners at Greenworks have ponied up some awesome prizes for us to give away each game. From lawn mowers to chainsaws and snowthrowers, a lucky listener will win one of these great Greenworks battery-powered tools. So be sure to listen closely to each Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks leading into our home games for the Greenworks Listen to Win Contest. Good luck, folks. You know, and just continuing on your point there about stretching the field, Taylor Powell in his first game against the Argonauts, I mean, he threw the ball, I believe, 43 times, 287 yards. But a lot of that stuff was check down Charlie stuff. Uh, I, I thought the difference was he just didn't stretch the field. Now, I don't know if that was just, I mean, it's his first game. What am I, what am I expecting here? But is that going to be something that we see in, I guess, the two-game maturation of Taylor Powell? Well, I think Andy talked about it just earlier, the confidence that Powell has. And, and you know he's starting this ball game very confident. What you want him to do is end the ball game as confident as that. So in order to do that, the play calls, it'll be important to play to his strength. And, and the coaches will look for signs that he's not feeling any pressure. And, and by that, I mean, you know, is he making good decisions with the football? And secondarily, is he making good execution with the football? So given, all, given that scenario, I would say this. If you want him to go vertical, get him protected. Bring some protection in for him. Allow those receivers the opportunity to get downfield. White and Williams can get the deep ball. If you're going to throw a 50-50 ball, I prefer to go to Williams because of his height advantage over White. But at the same time, they have to have time to get down the field. That means the quarterback has to stand in for a long period of time to make that throw. Well, there's a number of ways to counter or, or stop a blitz uh, in protection-wise. And one is bringing in extra off your personnel package, bringing in an extra offensive lineman or perhaps a fullback or tight end. Other ways, sometimes you see receivers come in and uh, whether they come in late and sort of seal one side of the, the, the edge or, or the, the, what's called like a bomber protection, they sort of are in charge of any, any blitzers. 
from a coaching perspective, what is your uh, preference and in, in style, or do you like to have a, a variety? I think you've got to have a variety. At the same time, the one thing you haven't talked about is the hot receiver. That inside slot looks at that free safety. If that free safety is moving to his opposite side of the field, he knows there's a blitz coming, and he's going to be the receiver that, that has to curl inside quick and look for that football. The opposite to that is to protect with that slot back. I prefer to have both of those available. And to me, one of the, one of the real uh, things that you have to look for in a game, let's say they bring the wheel halfback blitz off that side. The slot back can't block both of them, so let him go with a hot receiver. Let him be the man that you're going to dump the ball off to. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, Tim White... Uh, has enough experience to recognize that. If you look at the slot back on the other side, Tyreek McAllister, he's only played a few games of receiver in this league. Uh, see what the level of confidence from Tommy Condell is for him to recognize that hot route. But, uh, you know, everyone's a professional, and that's their job. So study up. Here's something that uh, I, I don't know if it's a just – it seems to be league-wide, Coach, and – the amount of field goals that are being kicked right now across this league is astronomically high and no different for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We have a kicker that's perfect with his kicks right now. How do we get the young quarterback to get the ball into the end zone when we get into the red zone? <laughs> well, I know, the... I know that's a really wide spectrum, but it, it, it just, I mean, in this game, last game against Montreal, I mean... The Cats gone off to a quick start, and instead of getting in the end zone on two occasions, they settled for six points. They returned that kick, and all of a sudden, a game that uh, first quarter that was dominated by Hamilton, it's Montreal leading after after the opening quarter. Even though we have a bigger end zone than the NFL does, which allows for more passing in the red zone, it is also incumbent on the quarterback to get the ball out quick because they're, they're going to play man cover down there more times than not. And he has to know where he's going to go with the ball immediately. The snap of the ball tells him which receiver he's going to go to. The fade on the outside, the, the slot back on the inside, the corner route. Uh, he has to know immediately to make that throw. And, and so it's such a hurry-up situation. Sometimes they get confused and they scramble out of the pocket before they have to. Well, we've had... 17 different starting quarterbacks already in the CFL this year. It's pretty wild, so hard to hard to really uh, get some growth with all that turnover. Probably going to be 18 next week with Chad Kelly out. Uh, pretty pretty wild. Uh, is it? What's happening, Coach? You don't have the offensive line protection that they need. The quarterbacks need offensive linemen, and every team has had their ups and downs. Even Winnipeg had a ball game in which the offensive line played poorly. If you're going to protect your quarterbacks in this league, you have to have five good players up front, and they have to get the job done. It goes back to what we used to call the the turtles on the offensive side, which were the offensive linemen, and the greyhounds on the defensive side. Those guys with a hand in the ground, their butt high in the air, and coming off that football as fast as they can. If your offensive line is poor, you're going to get sacked and you're going to get quarterbacks hurt. 
Coach, fabulous to see you. Just outstanding analysis as always. Until next week, uh, or at least actually we've got a bye week next week, so we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for your time as always. Uh, it's so much appreciated, and, and enjoy this evening's game. Let's enjoy this evening's victory, Coach. Yeah, we will do that, and I want to bring back one thing. Natalie was talking about a good hair day, and I look over at my friend Andy, and I see that he went to the barber and shaved those locks off. Oh, I had a lot more accident. Actually, you know, I didn't realize what a fresher you got on there. That Greenworks uh, trimmer came in use. (laughs) Coach, thanks for joining us as always, folks. You're more than welcome.